we're still very, very early mm -hmm. in this transition, um, in this transition to electric vehicles. The, the analogy I like is, you know, for baseball, um, we're barely even in the first inning. Okay. We're, we're like, we, we might've just started batting practice right now. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> you right. know, so there's still a lot, um, you know, 50,000 EVs on the road today. We've got 9 million vehicles. We're still very early in this transition. Welcome to MTE's Plugged In Podcast. This podcast focuses on the world of electric vehicles. We combine expert interviews and personal stories to educate and inform listeners about electric vehicles. So whether you're an early adopter who has been driving an EV for years, or you're just starting your research, this podcast is for you. Hello, I'm Brandon Wagner. Welcome to Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. Amy is out today, uh, but we were able to get Ryan Stanton back Ryan uh, is the Senior Project Manager for TVA's EV Evolution Initiative. Ryan, you're part of the TVA Innovation and Research Group, and uh, I know last time you gave us really a good perspective on your decade experience as an EV driver, but I want to shift today and ask you really what you do in your career. Uh, specifically, I, I was hoping you would share a little bit about the Innovation and Research Group and what you do in the EV Evolution Initiative. Sure. Well, uh, happy to be back, um, and uh, yeah, we kind of kind of shift gears here. Um, so, you know, broadly uh, at TVA, you know, the, we have an innovation and research group where we are focused on kind of all things innovation and and research focused for what we call the energy system of the future. Uh, so, our, our group is really charged with looking over the horizon to figure out what's what's coming. What do we what do we need to be ready for? Uh, what kind of new technologies do we need to, to look at implementing in our power system to meet the needs of our uh, Valley residents in the future? Uh, it's a really exciting time to be to be in this industry, um, especially if you're kind of a, an energy nerd like 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 us here. Um, you know, but in in uh, kind of wh where we are in this in this transition, um, you know, kind of this this pretty significant um, you know change and kind of evolution. Uh, of our economy, a lot of our economy is electrifying right now. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're decarbonizing, we're electrifying, and so TVA's role in in that, particularly in this part of the country, is is really quite significant. Uh, you know, our, our CEO Jeff Lyash has talked about TVA's uh, kind of need to plan on doubling the amount of load that we serve, doubling our power system in the next two to three decades or so. Um, so our group, Innovation Research, we're really trying to uh, understand kind of where, um, what kind of technologies can we incorporate um, to, to get us there? How do we, how do we get there? Uh, anything from advanced nuclear, um, thinking about hydrogen production, uh, carbon capture, uh, solar and batteries paired together, uh, and then of course electric vehicles are, are part, of that, uh, part of that as well. So as, as we think about you know, the energy system of the future and kind of think about our, the, the Tennessee Valley, we know, um, we know kind of some of the things that are driving, driving that load growth. It's, it's population growth. So we know mm -hmm. people are moving here. This has become a very you know, attractive place for, for people to, to live and, and you know, make their life here and, and raise a family. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of industrial and manufacturing mm -hmm. companies moving in here. Um, as you know, um, reshoring, you know, the, the um, people are bringing manufacturing back to the United States. A lot of that's coming here to the Southeast and a lot mm -hmm. of here, here to the Tennessee Valley. So we're seeing that impact in, in, in our region. Uh, and then in just in, in electrifying processes and heat pumps and electric vehicles is kind of a, 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 a big, um, you know, the big theme really is around, is around electrification. So EVs are certainly a part of that. They're, they're definitely not the whole story. 
Uh, now that said, I focus on EVs, so it's kind of where you know, I, I like to like to spend my time. Um, I think a, a few, maybe maybe a year or two ago, you had my colleague Drew mm -hmm. Fry on uh, from from TVA. So he runs our, our electric vehicle programs, and so he probably talked about uh, the goal that we've we've had and kind of set in place and continue to to move forward towards of two hundred thousand electric vehicles on the roads by twenty twenty eight. Uh, so across the whole TVA service region, you know, Tennessee and uh, the, the the seven states that we serve, two hundred thousand EVs by by twenty twenty eight. Um, you know. We get a lot of questions about, you know, what what is the impact of EVs on the grid? You know, what uh, what impact do they have? You know, do, do they have you know certain times of the day? And you know, from we've done quite a bit of research into into this, try, try to understand what um, you know when do EVs charge? When do when do people plug in? Um, and what we found is that you know those two hundred thousand EVs on the road will add maybe about a half a percent to TVA's load today. Okay. So not a not a huge not a huge number. Um, so we're not, you know, super concerned about that in, in the near term. However, we, we are thinking about what's going to happen when there's a million EVs mm -hmm. or two million EVs on the road. So uh, we're, we're still a ways, ways out from that. That might be 2035 by the time we, we see a million EVs. So we still have some, some time to think about, think about that. But that's kind of what, you know, at, at, a, at a high level, innovation research, we're charged with looking over the, looking over the horizon, understanding mm -hmm. what's coming, and then figuring out what TVA and how, how we can work with local power companies how we can work together uh, to meet that challenge. We're going to take a quick break from the podcast so I can let you know about Middle Tennessee Electric's EV Ready program. This program gives a $50 credit to Middle Tennessee Electric members who have installed or are in the process of installing a level two charger in their home. For more information on this program, go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. Now back to the podcast. Well, it is an exciting time to be in this industry. There's a, I think we'll, we'll look back at this time and, and see it as the, everything we do now is gonna be foundational to what we build on later on. I tell people sometimes, I've only been at Middle Tennessee Electric for 12 years, and when I got here, they were celebrating their 75th anniversary. And it feels like things hadn't changed a whole lot in 75 years, but it is really made up for lost time in the last 12. <laughs> and when I think about when we interviewed Drew, that was only maybe a year and a half ago. Things have radically changed since then. And I know that uh, you're looking at a lot of research, a lot of data. Um, we, we had Winter Storm Elliott and it had an impact on our, our system. You've had the chance to since then go back and see how did EVs play a role in that or, or not. Can you share a little bit about just what has changed in the last year and a half, and then maybe specifically about things that you've learned uh, about EVs and, and Winter Storm Elliot and the potential of another Winter Storm Elliot? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, a lot's as you said, a lot's changed in the last you know year and a half, two years even. Um, you know, EVs obviously picked up a lot of interest. You know, during the coming out of the pandemic, you know, EVs just kind of became a, a really popular topic and and you know demand for evs went went through the roof um you know, so we, we we've really you know dug in kind of really studied the data to understand you know what's what's happening how many evs are are in our service area uh, today so there are about fifty thousand evs on the road uh, in tva's service area today so across those, those seven states um, there are total there are about nine million vehicles on the road so fifty thousand mm -hmm. evs nine million 
vehicles total. So it's still a very, very small proportion of overall uh, vehicles. However, we see it, it's growing very quickly. Um, so we, we, we wanted to understand kind of what, what happened during Winter Storm Elliot. You know, did EVs, there, I think there was a, a, um, you know, a myth going around that EVs you know, caused them. Uh, we looked at the data just to, just to confirm that it was not, not at all part of the, part of the, 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 um, the load. What, what was happening, it was, it was a very, very cold, historic storm. So we saw a lot of heat pumps come on, your, your electric resistance uh, kicked on, and it all happened kind of at once, and it happened across the entire valley. It wasn't just Middle Tennessee, it was from Memphis to, to Bristol and Mountain City. It was, it was truly across the, the whole service area. Um, but what we saw is, you know, we, we looked at kind of the, the average load of when EVs charge, when they plug in. Um, we see about, you know, probably uh, well, a, a good chunk, the, the majority of charging typically takes place overnight. Uh, so from maybe six o'clock in the evening until about midnight, and then it kind of tapers off. Mm. Uh, so when we, you know, had the, the real, real cold periods early in the morning, four, five, six a.m., EVs, for, large, for the large part, weren't really charging much at that point. So we don't really see a lot of, um, you know, uh, contribution from, from EVs during those, those really cold, cold periods. It's actually kind of the other way around. We see it, you know, kind of later, later in the afternoon, evening, and into the overnight hours. Okay. I, you know, this is maybe a little off topic, but I was wondering, can you share a little bit about the seasonal peak times that TVA sees demand? Like mm -hmm. in the winter, what time normally does the demand hit? And then same thing for the winter, um, for, for, for the, the summer. summer. Yeah, no, abso absolutely. And, and across the country, you have different, different utilities with different types of load profiles, for example. Mm -hmm. um, TVA has what's called a dual peaking system. So that means we have a peak in the winter time, which is in the morning, early in the morning. Okay. Um, and that's because you wake up, you know, it's, it's cold, your house is cold, so you turn the heat on. You might turn on a, a toaster or the microwave, take a shower, your hot water heater comes on. So we see a lot of load that comes on early in the morning, you know, roughly 5, 5 to 10 a.m. Okay. That, so that's kind of our, our, our winter peak, as we call it. It happens in the morning. Okay. Um, in the summertime, it's kind of the other way around. It's in the afternoon when it's really hot out. When you you know you're coming back home, perhaps you're you're, you're maybe starting to cook in the in the evening, but your air conditioning is driving a lot of that that load in the afternoon. So, say from three o'clock to seven o'clock, um, three o'clock in the afternoon to seven o'clock in the evening. That's our summer peak. Mm -hmm. okay. So those those two kind of they kind of you know. They don't exactly balance each other out, but those are the two peaks, two times of, of day that we have to account for um, and kind of build the build the system to. And you know, distributors provide the provide the electricity. You have to size your your transformers and the distribution lines that, that, that serve those. Those are the two peak times that we see uh, at, at TVA system. Okay. So and and I know you mentioned there's a lot of industry, and we you know I know just around here I there's a lot of plants and and but it sounds like residential load is what really drives those peaks, even with all the industry we have in the valley. Yeah, so I think we see, you know, with, with residential, you know, it's, it's driving, you know, some of those peaks because you have air conditioning mm -hmm. and heating that really, you know, um, drives the, those peaks up and down. Um, we'll see that certainly to a degree with commercial and, and industrial, but it's more of a consistent base load because you okay. have some of those processes that are just always on, like air compressors and mm -hmm. machinery, things like that. Okay. I know the innovation and research group, you're doing research with uh, 
people internal to TVA and also as well as external to TVA. I wonder if you can share a little bit about who all you're working with. I, mean, I know it's a, it's a talented group of people that you work with, uh, but maybe you can share a little bit about who you work with and then also what kind of research you're currently doing. Sure. Yeah, so the you know, the, we're not the only uh, utility that's doing research and trying to understand what's, what's happening. Utilities are, you know, 3,000 plus utilities across the country. Um, so we, we, we actually work with, um, you know, one major organization we do a lot of research with is called EPRI, or the Electric Power Research Institute. Uh, so they're truly, you know, a, a kind of a national think tank. They work with you know, utilities from California to New York and Texas and, and, and TVA. So we work a lot with them. Um, we get to leverage a lot of the, the learnings and experience from other, other parts of the country uh, mm -hmm. because of our work with EPRI, um, especially with electric vehicles. And that's, that's really important because if places like California, they are, they are leading in terms of EV adoption. So mm -hmm. we get to learn from the utilities in California what they're seeing on, on their grid, um, what things they're doing, uh, and how, how well they work or don't work, that allows us to, to, to then bring the best of those, those technologies and the best of those you know, tactics back, back here to the Tennessee Valley. So EPRI is a big one. Uh, we also work with, you know, with, with a couple others, um, C, um, the Smart Electric Power Alliance, um, and then some of the national labs, um, the Department of Energy National Labs, like Oak Ridge National Lab, mm -hmm. like the Renewable Energy uh, Lab in, in Colorado. So work with a, a, number, a number of different uh, research partners. We also work with a lot of our research institutions here, University of Tennessee, uh, we work with Middle Tennessee, you know, a, a, a whole host of different um, researchers to try to bolster and kind of help us figure out some of these, you know, really you know, challenging, uh, challenging problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there anything uh, recent maybe that, that some of those partnerships have um, come up with that you're excited about that, I don't know what you can share with us or not, but if there's maybe a new technology that you see or a new process that you, that you see coming, I'm just curious what those might be. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of research going on in uh, how do you manage charging? You know, so as a utility, you know, when, when we do get a lot of electric vehicles, if, you know, we go from 50,000 today to a million or two million or three million electric vehicles in the future, um, you know, how do, we, how do we manage that load? How do we encourage people to charge at times when there's excess grid capacity? Hmm. Could be time of use rates, you know, programs like you have um, here at Middle Tennessee, um, could be um, you know, different, perhaps future you know, charging technologies where we may be able to uh, work with you know a, a consumer directly through their automaker, through working with Tesla, or working with with Chevrolet, to to manage that that charge time of that vehicle when you know you know that vehicle is going to be parked for 12 hours overnight. If you only need to charge for two hours, can you shift when you charge that mm. that vehicle uh, at a certain certain time of the night so you're not you know you're not creating any any new new grid challenges. So there's a, there's a lot of we're still very very early mm -hmm. in this transition um, in this transition to electric vehicles. The the analogy I like is you know for baseball um, we're barely even in the first inning. Okay. We're we're like we, we might have just started batting practice right now. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> you right. know so there's still a lot um, you know 50,000 EVs on the road today. We've got nine million vehicles. We're still very early in this transition. So I think you know to sum it all up, where we you know where we want, uh, what I want people to know is that we're we're thinking about uh, electric vehicles. We know we know electric vehicles are coming. We're doing a lot of research into 
you know, kind of how to be ready for this. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be prepared for, but also uh, enable adoption for consumers when they decide to purchase an electric vehicle. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we when we did our Nightflex rate, you know, I don't know if it's the solution that's going to be in place for ten years. I don't know, mm -hmm. but what we realized was if we could uh, help uh, split the amount of charging that happens at the same time someone's heating their home or cooling their home, then uh, a couple things happen. Number one, it's, it, it reduces that demand on our system, but also um, maybe people can uh, add load to their home without having to upgrade their service because you can diversify that load. And what's really cool about EVs is as an EV driver, I don't care when the car charges. You know, if I'm, if, if I'm talking about HVAC, if I'm if I'm cold, I want to be warm, you know, at that moment. And if I'm, you know, hot, then I want to be cool at that moment. But for as an EV driver, all I care about is when I get behind the wheel that it's charged. I don't care when it happened. So that's uh, we felt like there's a chance maybe we could move that charging overnight when, when when we studied our our uh, residential load, uh, HVAC was was not as utilized during that time. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's to your point. It, um, electric vehicles are very flexible. They're, you know, they, I think um, the statistic I saw was that a vehicle, whether it's electric or or, or not, spends ninety six or ninety seven percent of its time parked. No kidding. <laughs> so a very large part of uh, of a vehicle's life is spent in a parking spot somewhere, mm -hmm. in a driveway or, or in a parking lot. Um, so that flexibility when when it charges, when it you know when it when it um, you know, when it gets that charge, there's a, there's a lot of room for, for, for flexibility. And I, I think that's very important for, for the grid, for, for us to make sure we know, you know, when, when we can charge those vehicles, when is, can we align the, the best time for the grid, mm -hmm. for the best time for the consumer. There's, a, there's usually a, you know, a, a sweet spot there um, for, for electric vehicles. So you're, you're studying data now and you're looking at it, not just for the short term, but what things look like 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Do you have kind of a vision of what the grid looks like 20 years from now, what energy management looks like 20 years from now? Well, I, I definitely wish I had a crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, we know things will be different than, than they are today. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we were to, you know, place some bets, I mean, uh, the, the, the areas we're, we're, we're looking in right now, I mean, again, our, our big challenge and, and our big opportunity is to decarbonize our, our electricity system. We're trying to get, you know, our aspiration is is net zero carbon by 2050, uh, but we're also trying to um, we're preparing to double our our load by then as well. So kind of a dual a dual challenge or a dual opportunity, depending on how you how you look at it. Um, and so I, I, when I think about, you know, in in 25 30 years, that may look like a combination of advanced nuclear. Um, so we have uh, the first the nation's first. Um, uh, small modular reactor early site permit in East Tennessee at the Clinch River site. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a 300 megawatt small modular reactor. Uh, it, it, we, we're, um, it may be the first one in the country, um, but if it goes well, we're not going to have one of them. We're going to have, you know, many of them. We're mm -hmm. going to have maybe a couple at every former coal site, for example. We may have a lot of nuclear. Uh, we're, we're also moving forward on, on plans to put up to 10 megawatts of, I'm sorry, 10 gigawatts of new solar in the valley um, in, in, the next, in the next decade or so too. So we'll have a lot of solar, potentially mm -hmm. a lot more nuclear, we'll probably keep the, you know, the, the, hydro, um, the hydro fleet. 
Um, perhaps carbon capture is out there as well. So there's all these kind of different generation assets. Mm -hmm. um, in 20 years, we may have 2 million, 3 million electric vehicles on the mm -hmm. road by then. Um, you know, one scenario that may play out is if we have a lot of solar generation on the system, well, that solar produces, you know, it produces electricity, uh, the most electricity during the middle of the day. So we may actually shift where right now we have excess generation overnight. Well, we may actually ask you to charge your vehicle perhaps during the middle of the day when the sun's shining the most because mm -hmm. there may be uh, additional solar. So, you know, it's, it's tough to say how, exactly how everything's going to play out. We, we've kind of, again, back to looking at other places. We're working with EPRI, we've seen California has got what they call the duck curve. Mm -hmm. um, because they have so much solar on, the, on their system. If you, and, and the reason it's called a duck curve is because the graph actually looks like the back of a duck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so so that, that's, those are things that we're, we're paying attention to. Nothing we need to you know, worry about right now, but um, you know, definitely the, the, the future is going to be, it's going to be different. Um, but I think with, with the research that we're doing and the, and the partnerships we, you know, we have with, with, with the distributors, with, with Middle Tennessee and, and others, uh, we're going we're gonna to figure it out together. Um, we're not going to have all the answers right away, but we're going to continue to research, um, continue to understand it, talk to customers, and uh, we'll, we'll get there together. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say I appreciate your group and especially you. I, we've had a really good partnership over the last couple of years. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with the projects we're doing with our DC fast chargers, that is in conjunction with TVA and, and Ryan's group in specific as well. Um, so thank you, Ryan, for that and for your partnership. And I, I appreciate the going, the sharing of data as well. So we're, we're trying also to figure it out. So I'm glad that you're uh, working alongside us to do that. Well, uh, the partnership's been great. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to, to those new new chargers from, as part of the fast charger, a fast charger network coming, um, coming online soon. I, I can definitely guarantee you I will be at one of those ribbon cuttings <laughs> personally. I'm looking forward to, to seeing those, uh, seeing those uh, on the road and, and helping, uh, helping drivers in the region uh, uh, pick, a, pick an electric vehicle. Awesome. So when we have our ribbon cutting, be sure to come out and, and meet Ryan and, and bring your best questions. He's, he's one of the uh, most uh, experienced people I know with EVs, and I know he'll be happy to answer them. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I, I want to thank Ryan again for being here. Uh, if you have any questions about MTE's EV Ready program or the Night Flex rate or anything EV related, please email us at evcarclub at mte.com. For more information on MTE's Drive EV programs or the EV Car Club, please visit driveev.com or email evcarclub at mte.com. Until next time, plug in, power up, and drive safe. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of topics you would like for us to discuss, please email us at driveev at mte.com. Thanks for listening.